0: And this is Katie. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. Katie, it has been a very long time since it's been just you and me. I know.
1: Susan, I cannot tell you how happy I am to be with you. It just feels like old days. It does. It really really does. You and I sitting at my kitchen table, uh, you know, inviting people to sit in that third chair. I love it go back and forth. So good to see your smiling face.
0: I love it. I love it so much. Um, we've got a great guest on today, a very great guest, and I'm looking forward to diving in and hearing her story. And so I don't want to waste even one minute. So why don't we just dive in? I'm going to read a little bit about her and then we can start out with our questions. Is that? I love it. I love it. All right. So Lisa was born and raised in Texas. Even though her physical location didn't change, she experienced change in almost every other aspect of her life. She endured hardships in her childhood that were carried into her married life. She found herself asking God for a way out. He answered her over and over and over again and showed her just how well He loves. Lisa has been refined, and with great hope, anchors her day with sharing the unconditional love Jesus has brought to her. Lisa Hardcastle, welcome. We are so glad that you are with us today.
2: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So excited, really, really am. And and such a God thing, listeners,
1: that we got connected um, with Lisa. What happened is some of you listeners. Right, might remember an episode we had on here with Annie Angel, (laughs) uh, a missionary in, I almost said South America, Mexico. And she's my niece, but amazing episode. So Annie texts me a couple months ago and she's like, Hey, we had a mission team from a church in Texas come uh, you know, to our mission station and serve all week. And this beautiful woman named, named Lisa Hardcastle and I connected and sh- you would just absolutely love her and you need to chat with her because she's got quite the story. So Annie connected us and Lisa and I have had a multiple conversations on <laughs> the phone. We have a lot in common, both of us praying for great wisdom and God giving it to us. Um, but Lisa, I di- before I we dive into the first question, I need to tell you my own heart and my own cry for wisdom as I am trying to um, do life with my adult children. It's a whole different phase of parenting. You're not really parenting anymore per se, yes. um, but you are their mom. And you're in relationship with these adults that are amazing, but their problems
2: are a lot harder than little boo boos. You know. Yes, that you yes I so agree. You're so <laughs> so right on on that. <laughs> and so every day
1: I pray for wisdom, and I just want to tell you, Lisa, and all you listeners, the way God drops wisdom into our life oftentimes is through other people's stories. And so, Lisa, hearing your story. Brought so much hope to my own story and just wisdom. So listeners, um, lean in as (laughs) Lisa spins out her story. So Lisa, we love to start at the beginning because we're women. So like the backstory, tell us just a little bit about yourself, the environment you were raised in and kind of how all that carried into your married life.
2: Okay, well... Um, You know, I'm married. Uh, I'm an empty nester right now. Currently, of course, I live in north central Texas, but I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. So that's where all my family, all my friends are from. I'm a mother of three daughters and I own and operate my own business. Um, So just to go back, you asked what kind of environment did I kind of grow up in? Um, my environment as a child uh, was a very hard and very sad story because I was born uh, into a family or where my father wasn't a very abusive alcoholic to my mom. And so I witnessed a lot of abuse, a lot of anger, a lot of rage in in this, in this life while I was a child. During all of that Turmoil, I also was sexually abused by my caregivers. And so I can just go back and remember just so much pain, so much sadness, and all of that. And didn't feel like I was seen, didn't understand I lived in constant fear, didn't really know. What love was really all about, you know, to be honest at that point. So that's a little bit about my background and a little bit of how I grew up. And as time went on, I married uh, my ex-husband, who unfortunately was also very abusive to me. So it's like you carry the same traditional carry-on of this curse that just keeps going and going and going. And, and so I, I lived in fear. Um, you know, I remember one time I uh, was black and blue beaten and I carried my three little girls, my twins and my oldest and the twins were in carriers and here's my little girl on the side and we went to church and it was alone I was there was no one there I walked in so that no one can see me in a carrier and I wanted to go into this church uh where there was no one it was no service no anyone so because I didn't want to be seen I didn't want to be seen the way I looked and and I remember putting my girls on the pew and I sat down and kneeled and I said Lord I can't, I can't do this. I fear for my children. I don't want them to go through any abuse. I don't want them to go through any of what I went through. Please protect them, protect us, do something. I I need you desperately, desperately need you. And, and I really pray for you to your will be done in my life. I, you know, I remember saying those things clearly, but I, I just gotta let go. I, I and I just could remember these little girls in the back just uh looking at me and just praying that they wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Yeah. So what happened? Well, a couple years later, uh comes this wonderful man into my life. And uh I'm seriously telling you an absolute angel. Kind, loving man scooped me up literally with my three little girls, adopted them, gave us a life that I still to this day think it's a fairy tale. It just it couldn't be so real. Um it, w- it was magical because it was he was sent by God. He was loving, he was kind, he was generous, he was Everything that I had hoped for and never felt uh, safer in my life that I had with him. I was so safe, just so safe. And I just knew that God had sent him and married him, been married 25 years Uh, raised our children to the best I we could you know and like every family you just like hey man that's the best I could do and it's the best you know right I mean we don't come with a manual you know Uh, we we, we don't come with this this this, (laughs) oh my god how to do this this is how you do this right if uh, you do x you will always get y (laughs)
1: Um, it, no. No, no, not so much. They, not so much. People with free will. Um, but Lisa, before we get into that, got you knelt in that church and out of just desperation cried out to God who you knew something about. Yeah, but you weren't in a real relationship with Jesus at that point. Now Jesus sends you a man to save you, but I want to hear. Uh, what, what led you to know you needed a personal savior in Jesus, not just a vague God that when we're desperate, we cry out, help, help, you know, but a real personal savior in Jesus. How did that come about?
2: Well, let me share. Um, you know, I was raised Catholic. I love that religion. I I love all religions, you know, but in that one, I wasn't taught to truly for me, in my experience, have a, a deep relationship with who Christ was, right? Um, um, and so it was just reading, I was just, there was just a, a, my mother and my, I remember my mother and my family, just go to church, then after that, we're going to go to lunch, you know, go to church, then we're going to go to lunch, and you know, just take that. Who is Jesus? Who, who is God, you know, and so but deep down, Katie, somewhere, I always knew as a little girl, there was something in me, something deeper, something s- calling me, didn't know, didn't know, didn't know what this person, this being was. So I had a girlfriend years past and says, Hey, Lisa, let's go to my church. And I'm going, but your church is a Christian church. And she's like, yeah, but, but, but it's great. You got, you got to try it. You you got to come. It's totally different. I'm like, are y'all going to make me cut a chicken or what? What are y'all going to make me do in this, in this church? You know, what the heck, what's going on in here? And, she, and she's like, no, Lisa, you got to You just come with me. Just believe, just trust me. I said, all right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. We go into this uh, church and oh my God, I see a band and I'm going blasphemy. Why do you have a band? How can that be? You can't have a rock band going on in a church. What the heck is going on? She goes, Lisa, enjoy this moment, you know, relax. I'm like, what is going on? And so I'm looking around and all of a sudden I see people raising their hands and I'm like, what is this? What is going on? And I see people just in worship and in, in this presence. And I'm going, but it can't be bad. Everyone seems happy. Everyone seems good. And I said, whatever this is, let me have it. Heavenly father threw me on the ground. Let me tell you, I felt like I had shaking was happening. I don't know what happened, but I met jesus face to face oh my goodness he filled me with wonder and awe and this amazement going oh my god have you been the one always there and he goes yes i've always been there this is me and it was the most amazing experience in my life that i never turned back from that
1: never turned back I love your description. I love your description. Now listeners, we're all unique. So we meet Jesus personally in in different ways. But Lisa, I love I love that because there is a big big difference between knowing about God in our heads and having some kind of vague feeling that yes, there's a higher being, but I don't really know who he is or what and I'm really kind of afraid of any Creepy supernatural experience, so I'm going to yes. avoid that, you know. And yes, we try to navigate right. life with just this kind of head knowledge, but when we can have some heart knowledge and really enter in to the fact that Jesus is real, He's alive, He yes. sends love, joy, peace, goodness, He wants yes. the best for us, and that's what you discovered, and I. I love your story. I also love your friend that actually invited <laughs> you to church. Listeners, a lot of you are Christians and you go to fabulous churches, but you feel a little hesitant to invite your friends to go to your church because they might be like Lisa was yes! at first and go, what do you guys do there? Invite your friends to church. Um, they could meet Jesus and have their life changed. Okay. So Lisa, you meet Jesus and you, you get sent this new husband and life is going along. And like you referred to, you raised your three
2: beautiful girls, best you could. Best I could, the best I could, Uh, you know, and and Katie and Susan in in this mist of, of living life with my, my husband, you know, that currently Michael and my children, you know, I still bled some of my pain in this, in this marriage. Yeah. And, and in this marriage, uh, Michael ended up and today that I know where I'm at today is he was my foundation. He was the, the one God sent to help me build my home with Jesus, through him, through help helping me live this life out with my children. And believe me, guys, when I tell you that man, I put him through some heck. You know, I put him through some heck. That pain was real. You know, alcohol was involved. My own pain, my own suffering. Uh, I, I, I I needed to find my identity in Christ, and and that took some ru- iron rubbing against iron and Michael was that man and in raising these children, it, 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 I, I'm telling you, it's okay. It's okay. It's, 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 the outcome. It's the end result in where you are with Jesus that matters. It's, yeah. it's what you can do the very best you can do and how you do it. it it's, it's all about Jesus at the end of the day. Mm. That's good.
1: <laughs> and, the, and the wisdom there is okay, you get saved, and maybe you get out of one traumatic hardship, but it, you still have to deal with that inner trauma, that inner woundedness. And it doesn't, it, Jesus doesn't just snap his fingers and go, yeah. boom, okay, oh. you're healed. Oh, um, no. Yeah.
2: It's a long process.
0: Well, it, you've got to do the hard work of healing.
2: Yes. Yes, you, you have to. And sometimes you don't want to, Susan. Sometimes you're like, no, man, that's not what I'm going to do. I, that's too much work. It's hurt. Yeah. It's hurtful. I don't want to remember all those pains. And, and, but then you realize you have daughters, you have a husband, you have family, you have friends mm-hmm. and wait a minute, God slowly will start turning your head and your neck and you're going, whoa, okay. I got your, you got my attention. Let's, let's do this. You know, let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so there's hope. There's a lot of hope. Believe me. There is a lot of hope. And we have to hang on tight to it um,
1: because it it sometimes doesn't feel hopeful because it is hard and it's a lot of work. Um, And you raised your three beautiful daughters while you're still healing and dealing with your own trauma and blah, blah, blah. And like you said, you do the best you can. Um, you got a phone call from one of your daughters that kind of sent you on a on another difficult kind of traumatic path, in a way. Um, can you talk a little bit about
2: that? Oh, yes. Um, nine years ago, uh, I heard from the Lord, and He said. So Lisa, ask your daughter a question, my oldest. And I said, no, I want to ask this question. And he goes, ask the question. And so I remember pulling over into this parking lot of, uh, I think it was a CVS. I don't even remember what it was. And I remember parking the car and praying please don't let me ask this question. Cause I knew just felt subconsciously that my life was going to change again, but not in the way that I was trying so hard to keep going. You know what I mean? Right. So I said, Oh, heavenly father. Okay. Here I go. So I pick up the phone. I call my oldest daughter and I said, do you have something to tell me? Are you seeing a woman? And she goes, why are you asking me this? Why are you bringing this up right now? And and at that moment, I felt my whole body just sank because I knew the answer that was coming. And I said, she goes, yes, I am. I'm seeing a person, a woman, and I'm involved and I'm going to get married one day. And I went, (sighs) believe me, I felt, the bottom fell off of my, you know, how you say it, the bottom fell out mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. fell. And I was just in this abyss. I was just in this darkness. And of course, after that, the conversation didn't go well because I'm still not all where I need to be in Christ is vision and mercy and love. And and I was. It didn't go. How dare you? What are you talking about? How can you? What is going on? Where are you? This is not the way we taught you. This is this, and this is that. It didn't go the way. It just didn't go well, ladies. It just didn't go well. And I knew at that point that I would lose her for a while, and I did. We we went astray. We we, We were estranged from each other, and um, there was just so much sadness my twins there was just so much anger so much frustration so much everything and it was just not good Katie it just it, it tore uh, you it tore it, you apart for years
1: didn't it, you go like how many years without even seeing your precious
2: years years couple years without even speaking or talking to her and um I just never, this pain guys this is This is physical sadness. This is pain. This is what is going on. What is, you know, and oh my goodness, guys, I could keep going. So she struggled. We chastised her. We went, we made her go through her own sadness, her own pain. And I'll always, to this day, regret that. Trust me. To this day, I regret that. Uh, To this day, God can only restore that pain. And I pray, you know, it restores in her spirit as much as it's been restored in mine, that we, there's forgiveness and there should be love. And we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I I can't wait to get to, to that part. Stop. Oh, my God. I, I, I need to drink some
1: water. It's just crazy. I mean, we have to share the pain and the darkness. If we don't say the truth about our stories, even when we are definitely not the hero, yeah. Um, then no oh, no hero here <laughs> and we're not really you know we're not dealing with the truth the reality is we fail we have regrets we act out of of the flesh and our own of pain yes in yes. our own pain and our own goals our own you know our own hopes and we we don't put the brakes on um with self control of the holy spirit and and then we have regrets because there's consequences so you had serious consequences, heartbreak for you, heartbreak for your daughter, loneliness, ache, but the hope. <laughs> and that's why I said I can't <laughs>
2: the good part of this, Oh my god. Always
1: hope. Even always when hope. we blow it, our adult kids blow it, even when people walk away um, from God, there's always hope. So down the road, he sent you. Yes.
2: Hope. Just yes. out the road. Okay. So this is nine years. Let's just kind of fast forward to passing five years of hardship, like you stated, Katie. Pain and just sadness and regret and just loneliness. It was just this. Uh, so about four and a half years ago, man, the Lord took a hold of me, and I have to tell you. I have really felt this fire, this refinement, this talk about putting me on the floor where I'm face down, crying all this stuff out where God's going, daughter, it's time. It's time for you to experience this unconditional love I have for you. Even this mess that you're in, even all that you've created and done, all your choices, I still love you. And so I'm going to show you, I'm going to have you experience this love I have for you. But daughter, before I do, I'm going to rip everything out of you that's not good because it's not me I'm going to show you me and boy let me tell you ladies he started removing first like offense you know we have offense so you you he rips out offense and then and he takes you and he takes you to this road of all the journey of what offense did in your life and I'm casting out I'm rebuking I'm praising. I'm worshiping. I'm feeling this fire. I'm sorry, Papa. I'm sorry. I call him Papa. I'm sorry. Yes, daughter. Keep going. Then he rips out anger. Then he rips out judgment. Then he's ripping out everything. And he rips out all my, my pain from my past. And he's ripping one thing at a time. And I'm going through this process in these years, one at a time. And it's just this, I'm feeling the spirit. It's just, it's just, it's just power. It's just refinement. It's just, Oh, I, I remember at points I was like, I can't breathe. Papa, stop. I just can't do this anymore. No daughter. We're not done. (laughs) Because this love that I'm going to show you is what I need you to show my daughter, my daughter, my, you know, my daughter. Yes. Yes. And so, two years into this, and we, two years, he says, call her, build a relationship with my daughter. And I went, but she's not going to want to talk to me. You know, you get all these other little voices come into your head, and you're like, there's no way she's going to talk to me. I don't want to be rejected again. I don't want to feel this sadness all over. He goes, Haven't I taught you? I said, Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. I just thought, I got to be still. I got to trust you. I got to hope in you. I got to stop thinking about what she's going to do and just worry about what I'm doing. He
1: goes, yes. Amen. That's it.
2: I Amen. Said, okay. So I call my daughter um, and we start building a relationship of love. I'm telling you, I love them. I love them with all that I am. They're perfect human beings. They're amazing daughters of Christ. And it it has been so good, so healing, so adoring that I realize this love, it is not my job to teach and to tell and to, 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 to judge. It is just my job to love mm-hmm. just like Jesus loves us. There is a reason, a purpose that he died for us, not to die in vain for us. We have to fulfill his command. And that is to love one another mm-hmm. as yourself, just to love. And so we did my husband and I, and, we went on. We've been on trips. We 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 adore each other. It's been amazing, just amazing.
1: Let yeah. me let me um, throw this out though, Lisa. When you were telling me this, you said it took time to oh. repair that relationship, and oh, I guess did. listeners, I want to throw that out there because you go through something like this, and then when you have a change of heart, because God is pouring His, you know, wisdom into you. Don't give up hope if things don't turn around like that. Because, Lisa, didn't you say, you know, the first phone call didn't go that well? No. And then the next one was maybe a little
2: better, but it took
1: time.
2: It took time because I learned to respect and honor her feelings, her hurt, her pain. And so I put myself aside and let her feel that it was okay. And that I was sorry. And that I loved her no No matter what, no matter what, I love her. You know, one of the things
0: that I like about what you're sharing here is um, that the first thing that God worked with you through was offense. And um, I'm reading a book right now by Brett Hanson, Brant Hanson. It's called unoffendable. Because we live in a culture, um, especially as Christians, where we are offended.
1: You had to deal with offense. Yes. You had to deal with anger. Oh, that was the other point I wanted to make to our listeners. And so I'm
0: reading, I'm doing this audible book now by Brant Hansen. It's called Unoffendable. And it basically is a constant reminder every single chapter that he goes through. Is the thing that keeps us from loving others well is that we are going to die on the hill of offendability and that we are going to live uh, about how people are not living the way that we think they should be living. So we're going to be offended. And then that offense is really keeping us from loving people well. And it is stepped. this book has stepped all over my toes, all over my toes, because, I mean, we've just become Christians have become the culture of offendable people. Mm -hmm. And um, what if we chose to live unoffendable and instead replaced all of that with um, an incredible amount of unconditional love and -hmm. then allowed the Holy Spirit to do the work of conviction? And instead of us trying to be the job of the Holy spirit and convicting others, we instead chose to love unconditionally. And so what I love Lisa is that the first thing that God did business on your heart was about things that were offending you. Yes, And um, that is huge because once we choose to name it and call it out, it's as if we are saying, I no longer am going to allow my, this that to offend my spirit. Instead, I'm going to love those people, and I'm going to form a relationship with those people, and then I'm going to allow God to do what only God can do in the hearts of those people and in my heart. Come and, on! Um, I think it takes several things down. I think it takes our pride away. It takes us into a humble, approachable, servant-like spirit to where. For you, you're loving your daughter well, and you are approaching her of how can I serve her best?
2: Yeah, And
0: I think it's a powerful thing for our listeners to hear that the first thing that God did was to say, I'm going to deal with your offended spirit right now. And um, that's powerful. That's powerful because um, when we walk around in just being offended, we become bitter humans. Come and on. we allow the bitterness to overtake who we really are in Christ. So, Amen. yeah, I, I love that. Amen. I love that about that.
1: And, and I, when you mentioned pride, Susan, um, I remember reading the verse that said, God is opposed to the proud, mm-hmm. but gives grace to the humble. And I thought, whoa, God, I don't want you opposed to me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to be prideful. Um, I want to be humble. But how do I bring that about in my own character? How can yeah. I be humble, God? Because yeah. that's what I want to be. And um, I read something again. You know, when you ask God questions, He He answers oh. in a myriad of ways. <laughs> and it was a simple statement. This man wanted to understand humility. And his prayer every day was, God, give me an unoffendable heart. Yeah. Give me an unoffendable heart today. And he prayed it every single day. And he said, that's what genuine humility is. And the idea that Jesus himself, when he described his character in the New Testament, it's only one place did Jesus describe his character. And it's when he said, I am gentle and lowly of heart or humble Mm -hmm. in, in heart, an unoffendable spirit. Now, did he have righteous anger against sin that hurt people? Of course.
0: Right, right. right. Yeah.
1: And yet, um, oh, that is so good. Lisa. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
2: Oh, you know,
0: uh, Katie, not to be like a book about this, but there is a book also that I'm in. Uh, I've just begun, and it talks about that. Gen- it's it's called Gentle and Lowly. Yes. yeah, wow. and it's oh. by Dane Ortland. And the entire premise is about being gentle and holy, as Christ was gentle and ho- and and low, not holy, gentle and lowly, as Christ was gentle and lowly. And I think when you approach relationships with that you really do approach it in an unconditional love. Like no matter what you're going to say to me, I'm going to love you.
2: Yeah. And
0: that is, that's, that's an amazing way to enter every relationship no matter what, because we I'm, I'm having to tell myself constantly, even when I'm parenting, I am not my kids, Holy spirit. I'm their guide. I'm their, I'm their mom. I'm the one that's going to cheer them on. I am the one that's going to point them to Jesus. But at the end of the day, I am not their Holy spirit and I've got to trust, um, that God is going to guide them far better than I ever could. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to trust his spirit on me to be able to do that. So yeah, gentle and lowly and unoffendable. I like those. (laughs)
1: Amen. Amen. And, and when we can trust his heart, Then when he allows, not makes, but when he allows our children that we love more than our own life, he allows them to, to exercise their free will and go down paths that from our point of view are going to harm them and it breaks our hearts. We can trust his heart. He has great compassion for sinners. He has great patience. He sends hope and conviction and strength and power to our kids, but it takes time. That's where we need to hang on tight to the hope, the trust. Um, We need to hang on tight to each other um, and and listen to each other's stories that give my story hope and encourage and and instruction. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: I love that. Amen. Love Amen. That. Yes. And I'll tell you, Lisa, the I love that you said we're not the Holy Spirit. Yes, I like that. I, I can't control my sons. I can't control my daughter. <laughs> I can love all of them unconditionally. Pray. Model, you know what joy there is in following Jesus. But I can't be the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going on and on. Um, that is awesome.
2: Yes, you're correct on all of that,
1: though, and I'm glad. Stories, stories, stories change lives. Stories
2: change lives. lives.
1: That's, that's why we. Uh, that's why we share stories with you, listeners. And this one, Lisa. Here's how we always wrap up our stories. If you could share just one thing with our listeners um, that would help them hang on to hope. Uh, Whether it's through trying to heal from childhood trauma, whether it's marriage difficulties, because I I like the way you said you bled out your pain, even though you had this great marriage, you're still marriage difficulties. So listeners, whether it's marriage difficulties, parenting difficulties, financial difficulties, uh, prodigal children, whatever you're facing. Um, Lisa, can you just, what one thing would you tell us, um, that could bring us hope in the midst of our own trials?
2: Wow. Um, I, can I share that? I thought about this for, for a while. And I asked Papa, um, what do you want me to say in this, in this moment? And he didn't answer me, of course, right off the bat. And so I'm just going to share a little bit uh, on this particular ending, uh, our, our talk. Um, I was showering and um, he came to me and he goes, daughter, what do you see? And I said, well, on one side, Papa, I see this huge hurricane. It's powerful. It's strong. It's angry. On the other side, I see this large tornado, it's full of wind, it carries debris that could literally kill me. And on the other side, I see a tsunami, so tall, it roaring, it can crush me in an instant. Then he said, daughter, and how do you feel? And I said, Papa, I feel peace. I feel protected. I feel safe. And he goes, yes, daughter, I will let nothing harm you. I love you right where you are. Dear listeners, do you are you tired of kind of waking up constantly with this offense, with this anger, frustrated, not feeling joyful, not feeling what God has for you? These are the things where I want to share is that it's not our job to point out other people's faults. It's not our job to hurt others just because you think you can. It's not our job to, to make others feel unworthy or less than just because they don't look like you or think like you. It's our job to love unconditionally. It's our job to care for each other, but most of all, to care for where we are with the Lord in our relationship. So then I asked him, what else? Bobby goes my children, we're all gifts. We're all gifts to each other. We're gifts that were brought together by God to be a family, to love each other, even in the mess. You know, Jesus draw near to us. Uh, You know, he washed his disciples' feet, dirty, messy, stinky. He didn't care. He washed their feet humbly, because he wanted to show you that he draws near to us, even in the midst of mess and unforgiveness and and, and not loving each other the way we should. This unconditional love that God has for each and every one of us. So go for it. Find him. He's waiting for you. Trust me that I tell you, he is there. Find that hope in him. Fix you yourself with him first and Everything around you will fall in its place, just trust and believe. It's good,
1: good. (laughs) yeah, so beautiful, so beautiful. And I love that you described a tornado, a hurricane, and a tsunami. It's all
2: there, (laughs) we got it. But the idea that
1: if you are safe in the arms of Jesus, and, and I know when he said, Daughter, nothing will harm you, that doesn't mean we're not gonna. Feel physical pain or oh, have no, physical no, stuff no, happen, no. but your inner soul is completely safe. And and why this is funny, I'm driving home right before this podcast, and we told you we're having a tor- tornado <laughs> warning <laughs> I, I Right. And um, Susan, I don't know if you saw this, but the clouds got so billowy and so dark. So mm-hmm. when you're describing a tornado, and and I'm driving in. To the storm, not away from it. Behind Mm -hmm. me, it's still kind of light, but ahead of me, it's really, really dark. And I was like, Lord, what is coming? Look at this storm. And I said, This is kind of exciting. And then I said, Oh, I shouldn't really say that because I know storms can really hurt people and kill people. But, and I said, Maybe this storm will blow my house away. But you know what, Lord? I got you. I got you. So if it blows my house away, okay, you and I you and I will then go forward from there. Now, yes. I know that is a glimpse into a weird mind that you listeners probably didn't need to hear. <laughs> but I'd like to clarify that um, we're all going to face storms,
0: mm-hmm.
1: physical ones, um, emotional ones, relational ones. But like you said, Lisa, you find him, you center yourself in him. Yes. You pay attention to your own uh, intimacy with him. Yes. You will be safe on the inside, no matter what storm you're going through. So beautiful, beautiful. I didn't really even need to recap that. You said it beautiful, <laughs> um, but we love sharing stories and yeah. listeners. We love you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for being with us.
2: Oh, well, thank you both for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And I just pray that each and every one of you listening, just, find Jesus and find that hope and and that belief that all will be well.
0: All will be well. That's good. That's good.
2: Friends, we
0: are so glad that you're with us today. And as always, uh, find a friend to share this um, episode with. And um, we have loved being with you. So until the next Friday, we hope you guys have a great, great week. And we will see you soon. We love you all. Bye. Bye.